Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with John Trazer. He is known around the country, the United States and North America, as the Grateful Dad, and he has four books. We're talking about um, one of his books today, The Aces Revolution. Now, John, is that how you say it, Aces? It is pronounced just simply ACEs, and we usually make the S small on the ACEs because it stands for Adverse Childhood Experience, and the S just makes it plural, ACEs. Okay, yep. perfect. I wanted to make sure I had that right. Um, well, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, um, you know, you're, you're just a dad, so can you tell me what made you want to write this book? Well, it wasn't want to write this book. I was ordered to write this book. Uh, it's really funny. I was uh, making a million dollars a year in the investment business, and a third grade teachers conference changed my life. Uh, Jan Ray, my son's third grade teacher, asked us to come in first. She said because we were different in the way we parented in that in 22 years of teaching, she had never met anyone like my son Jared sitting right there. She said, he watches over everybody else in my classroom with a spirit that says, well, wait, wouldn't it be better if we were all watching over each other? She said, I, we, we actually talk about your children behind your back here. If, like the, the first grade teacher said, your son Austin is already that guy in first grade. What did you say or do that would make your children act and feel that way so consistently with us? If you could ever write it down, You'd be the teacher's hero because you can ask anybody from kindergarten to college, is it getting worse every year? And the answer unequivocally is yes. So I was Mm. actually ordered to because I do what third grade teachers say. That's pretty much it. (laughs) Um, Well, so before we go into the details you have in your book, I want to talk about what the ACEs are. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, it's a... It's a subject that started uh, back in the late 90s with a couple of doctors, uh, Robert Anda and Dr. Vincent Falletti. They One worked at the Kaiser Permanente in San Diego, and the other guy was at the CDC in Atlanta, and they dealt with obesity. Uh, and they were, I think they met at a conference, and they were sick and tired of feeling like they were failing at their profession because they could get someone to lose a hundred or more pounds, but 90% of the time they either put it back on or just dropped out of the program in embarrassment. So they, they struck up a conversation that said, there's got to be something else other than the physicality of that person sitting there. What could it be? And so they started asking questions of their patients. They just said, there's got to be something else. Let's talk about their lives, not just what's sitting in front of us. And they found out originally that 62% of those obese patients, the first hundred that they asked, were sexually abused. And Mm -hmm. kind of a light went off and they said, 
this is this is important stuff. There's there's something emotional tied to the physicality of what we're seeing, and so they actually came up with something that, uh, called the ACE test. We like to call it the ACE survey, and you can Google it. But for example, it's questions like, did a parent uh, in the household ever insult you or humiliate you? Uh, did a parent ever hold you down? Did a person ever fondle you in a sexual way? You can actually go and take this test. And there's 10 questions, which now has ex- been expanded in a variety of circles to 14 to add other things like, did you see racial discrimination and talk like that at your house? But mm. it, what you do is you just check did you have that happen to you or not? And you come up with what they call your ACE score. And then this, then you statistically, uh, this, the, the amazing thing about ACE is, Dr. Risk, is that it cuts across every demographic. The original, the original study was 17,000 people in San Diego, 80% white, 10% black, 10% Asian, and 74% were college educated. Uh, and the problem they discovered was the numbers were so high that they themselves didn't believe it, and they did it a, completely a second time. And that's fairly standard for every audience that you talk mm-hmm. to. The numbers of traumas that people have are greater, and sometimes there's a big difference if you ask it face-to-face, but the doctors are still sort of uncomfortable with that, so they're starting to use iPads to find out what's really going on in someone's life by having them take the ACE survey in front of them. So um, I, I know you talk in the book about when you did this survey, and I think you were a zero, is that right? I'm a, I'm a zero, and I happen to have a an adopted granddaughter. My eldest son adopted his wife's older sister's children uh, when they were nine and eleven. The same month they found that they were pregnant with their first child, and my sweet Brogan, uh, that I love having deep conversation with, said that she was a seven but felt like she was a zero after 10 years in our family because we saved her heart. So the, the, the thing people really need to know is that if you confront the issues that are hanging around your neck like a personal weight on you and it affects your behavior, that's, it actually releases toxic chemicals uh, that affects your DNA. Um, so I happen to be a zero, and I try and just pay it forward every single day that I had the two kindest parents in the world. But a lot of the people involved in the – I'm on the ACE Awareness Foundation here in Nashville, Tennessee, and many of the people involved are significantly uh, a bigger number of ACEs. So they find me as an anomaly, but – I know how grateful I am from just exposure to other humans and speaking uh, to groups, et cetera. It, it's way too common for people to have high A scores. That's it's it's basically a scorecard for sadness, which mm-hmm. kind of hurts. I mean, that's basically what it is. It's a scorecard for sadness, and a good major chunk of my book is about the prevention of it because Doctor. 
Folletti wrote me a very nice note about my book and some other articles that I had written about it and said, you're on the beam because the most important thing that you can take away from ACEs is how badly we need to have more positive parenting. He understands that it's a scorecard for sadness, and the trick is how do we, how do we prevent more of it? Before we, because hurt people hurt people, and if mm-hmm. you raised in a tough spot, you'd usually raise people that way because you don't know any different. Well, that's, and I think that that's, that's the important part. Yeah, and it, and it it was evident in your book. I mean, just some of your stories weren't even necessarily about abuse, but about people who didn't know how to hug their kids or had never been hugged, and um, you know that that is sad that, that not happening to children and and what that can do as well. Well, and it, 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 probably the greatest sounding board is if you really want to know what's going on on the planet, go and talk to teachers at a school and see what's going on. People are just quitting because they're spending 70% of their time parenting, not just teaching. The kids are frightened or lonely. They've worn the same clothes a few days in a row, and they can tell something's going on. And, and the real mindset, actually, Oprah Winfrey just did a 60-minute show on ACE. said it was the most important thing she'd ever reported on, the mindset that you get that we're trying to use in schools and corporations in in every manner is you want to ask someone not what's wrong with you, but what's going on with you. Don't, don't suspend the child from school and send them home to the family that's causing him the problems, you use trauma-informed care, and you get the psychologist and somebody else to sit with the child and say, tell us what's going on with you. No one wants to throw a chair across the room, and uh, we can tell you're upset. How can we help you today? As opposed to just sending them home and saying, you know, you need to behave better. Yeah, which which doesn't help because it's obviously a learned behavior or out of frustration about something, and they they don't, especially children, they don't know what what's going on. They you know they have to. Bullying doesn't. Yeah. Bullying happens at school, but it certainly isn't the source of you know a child that's bullying is lost and lonely, and the only way someone that wants to feel bigger in that situation is to make someone else feel smaller. That's what mm-hmm. a bully does, and he's just just trying to get attention, and so that's the whole, and actually you can look that up, it's called trauma-informed care, trying to, trying to use our emotional gifts as an advantage and find out what's going on in someone's life as opposed to just simply pointing fingers and saying, you're no good. Mm-hmm. Well, and that doesn't help the child that feels that way either. Correct. Yeah. Um, so with your ACEs score being the way it was, I actually, I did um, the test today. I, I scored a one. So I I think I did really well as well on it. Um, but I know that, that that's not the case. And, um, you know, it, it, do you, it, for a lot do of you people, know that Do you know how lucky you are? I mean, does that <laughs> register when you're a one yeah, doctor risk? Does that make do. sense to you? I do know yeah. how lucky I am. Yeah. And, and that's... That's tragically sad. It should be the opposite, right? That's yeah. every yeah. day. That's why we we try and pay it forward because it should be the opposite. Uh, but if you don't, but if you don't know what that looks like, so when I speak or even on uh, Amazon where you find my book, I write in big letters. We I challenge you to read this book together as a family. 
Don't mm-hmm. have a cognitive moment by yourself. You know, I'm not a psychologist or anything, but there's enough there's enough to talk about in that book that will leave no doubt or fear in your child's life as to how you feel about them. And that's that's the secret. I even have a fifty I even have a fifty question interview for the child to ask the parent. You know, what was it like growing up for you? What was the hardest re- part of the relationship with your dad? If we could just put down our put down our cell phones and talk at the dinner table, the world could be a better place. I'm convinced mm-hmm. of it. I, I, I don't think you have to convince me on that one. Now, I want to talk about what some of the questions are in in this test just so people understand what you and I are talking about. Sure, sure. So you can just let us know. Um, yeah. Did you want me to detail more of the questions? Um, just just an outline of, uh, you know, I mean, the one that I got was because my parents divorced. Um, and, and, you know, there is some more serious things on there that, um, that you know, uh, questions to answer. So just so people have an idea of what kind of traumas and, and things we're talking about that are affecting people. Well, um, it it. it, it Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's physical. For example, did you did you feel like you had enough to eat, or did you have to wear dirty clothes and there was no one to protect you, or did, was your parent too drunk or high to take care of you? Did you ever see your mother or stepmother pushed, slapped, repeatedly hit? Um, was there any was there anybody that was a problem drinker or alcoholic uh, or used street drugs? Or was there anybody in your family that was depressed or mentally ill, or did anybody attempt suicide? And the the last one is, did anybody, uh, a household member, go to prison? Um, so the, the 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 sad thing about ACE stock risk is you can you can be a one. Okay, we we said that that's a good score, right? But mm-hmm. if you're one was so dramatic to you, you know, sexual abuse only takes a few minutes. But if someone understood that it lasted a lifetime, would they think about it twice? Or is it simply those that are abused do seem to abuse kids? That's, you know, that's a, that's, I'm afraid that's a truth. You don't know how to get around that one. But even if you just didn't matter, you know, you if if your parents never asked you what do you think or what do you feel, that's enough to set something off in your brain with toxicity of chemicals being released uh, that really make it hard for you. You know, I, I, I one of my basic tenets that I came up with was that when we first have our children, um, when you're wheeling the mother down with the child in your arms, God, whichever one you believe in, sneaks into the back of your car and he puts a load of bricks in the back of your car. And from the moment you get home to the day you die, you have two choices of what to do with those bricks. You can either build a path between you and your children to have safe conversations and feelings and touchings, or you can build a wall with those bricks between you. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, you can see... You can see in the eyes of the people that had walls and that they're all kind of nodding. And it, it, it's always staggeringly heartfelt but painful to see how many people have walls still between them. 
that's what I'm trying to do is I'm always trying to break down walls and Lord knows I'm trying to figure out how to get more people to lay the bricks down as a safe path before we hurt our children's hearts and feelings. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, We're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with John Trazer, and we're discussing his book, The Aces Revolution. We'll be back shortly. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. As we move into our 40s and 50s, the elements of age catch up with us just a bit. Many of us have had children, which brings some of their own aging elements. Health issues come and go, but they always seem to come more frequently. Our bodies start responding a little differently than they have in the past. Listen for the High Energy Hour with Donna Guinois. We'll help you understand the changes and how to keep your health in top shape as you age gracefully. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with John Trazer, and he's the author of The Aces Revolution. So, John, um, we talked about what the aces are and how that impacts people, but um, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that how you raised your sons, and, and also in your book, you talk about how you were raised was different. So what do you think that difference is? Oh, that's a pretty wholesale question. Um, and we only have. An I would say, I, I would say this. I would say that my parents left nothing to chance. They they tried to explain everything that went on in our household. Part of the magic of what they did is that. Each one of us, I'm pretty sure, thought we were the favorite. If you can accomplish that, you're you're doing 120% of what parenting's about. Each one of us, I'm pretty sure, I even said that out loud to my mother one time. I took her out to a very nice restaurant. I was having some success at business, and I said, you know, between you and me, Mom, I, I, I kind of know I'm your favorite. And without even a moment's I just couldn't believe that with a poker face, she said, you know, it's funny. Your brother Dave said that just a few weeks ago to me. And I know to this day, as my mother's watching down from heaven, my brother Dave wouldn't have said that in a million years. But she wasn't going to give me that. Each one of us thought we were somehow the special one. And that is kind of kind of the trick to it, but they it was so unconditional in the way that they did it. No matter how you behaved, they were patient and kind and loving to a degree that made me, you know, at our house, the ultimate punishment was disappointment. They were so kind and giving when they said, you know, we don't want you to drink or smoke while you're Living at this house, I didn't. I could, out of the four brothers, I could have been a troublemaker, but out of simple respect for how hard I could see they tried to give us their whole heart every day, you, you couldn't help but acquiesce to their wishes. I, I think that I think that's part of what I hope to accomplish with my children. That's the legacy you want to leave for your children: that you gave your whole heart away and you didn't have any regrets. Well, you know, and I, I think um, this is, I, I, I can't imagine anybody listening who would think that that's not a, a good thing to do. And I, I just remember when I read Dale Carnegie's book a long time ago, How to Win, Flin, Win influence, Friends and Influence yeah. People. Yeah, and really sure. it is about making that person with you feel, feel special. And we should do that with everybody because who doesn't want to feel that way, really? Um, it. It, it was the secret to my success in the investment business. I, I treat everybody like family, frankly, because I don't know any other way. You know, mm-hmm. that we, we just discovered that if you were kind and had a smile on your face and you taught your kids to introduce themselves with a look in the eye and how are you, you can tell within the first 10 seconds of a greeting kind of what's going on behind the scenes at times. You know, kids don't do that too much anymore where... You know, they're actually looking at your face and and making a decent presentation. That those little details carry all the way into your business life and friendships and relationship building. They left nothing to chance. And and only as we got older, obviously, Doctor Riss, did you realize that. Mostly when I went away to college, I I nearly had a heart attack when I heard a guy say, "Thank goodness they're leaving the dorms open for Christmas. I don't have to go home." I mean, I almost mm. fell over. It was, 
I missed my, I was in tears when my kids went away to college. And yeah. yet I sat on a bus with some ladies at a, a, a freshman year. My son invited me to go on a, on a field trip. And I love field trips. And I heard some lady say that, you know, she couldn't wait for her kid to go off to college. And I just went, somebody has not been paying the dues on the cumulative from the very beginning. You know, if you think you're going to parent when it's, Time is right for you, and I see that a lot where all of a sudden you want to start paying attention to your child in high school because drugs and alcohol are showing up, sexual activity. If you think that they're not listening to you and don't care what you say, there's a really good chance you didn't start at the beginning and earn their trust and love and respect. You can't just jump in at a certain point every day of parenting is cumulative. If if you can make a point of that, that's a better way to do it. You can't just jump in when it's convenient to parent. It starts, especially in those first five to seven years, as they say. Well, you know, I I was told a story um, uh, through someone about a, a lawyer who thought those first years weren't important and so worked a lot and thought, oh, I'll come in when they're not babies anymore and, you know, I can participate more. And he couldn't be alone with his children. They were scared of him because he didn't put the time yep. in for that familiarity. And, um, you know, the, the, per, the person telling me the story had learned from it, so learned from that mistake and, and made sure he didn't do it. But, um, you know, that resonates with me because we, you know, we think that, oh, it's not important I'm not, if I'm not up in the middle of the night or it's not important if I um, am not there that day. And, and from your book and what you're saying, um, you know, it is very important just to show up. Well, and and I've the, some of the things that I've come up with are like spend twice as much time and half as much money on your children because I know some people thought the nanny thing was really a cool thing and you can pay you can pay for that forever. Please, you don't need the bigger house or a condo on the lake. You need to be there cumulative. And if you really want to understand investment, one out of three children that go away to college don't make it through freshman year. And it's not because they're stupid. It's because when the wheels start coming off, and freshman year in college can be very traumatic for just about any human. If you don't have a relation good enough with a relationship good enough to to reach back to your folks and say, hey, I'm in trouble, or that you've, you haven't taught them that reaching out is a strength, not a weakness, they'll just quit going to class and they won't tell you. That's very, very common, I'm afraid. One out of three don't make it through freshman year, and they have to retrench. So it's, again, the word I keep always coming back to is cumulative. It, it matters from day one what you say and do, and you, the way you touch them, and the way you hold them, and the way you diaper them with a smile on your face, Dad, you know. And, and the mm-hmm. funny thing about I, I'm known as the grateful dad, but every time I write it, it spell checks me because I spell it G-R-E-A-T-F-U-L because it should be great to be a dad. I'm 68 years old, about to go to my 50th high school reunion, and 98% of my wealth are those three boys, two of them that I spent the last week with in Montana. There is a decompression time when we leave each other that nobody completes us like our own family does. And 
you almost have to readjust to the rest of the world because our whole tribe is pretty much like that. It, we weren't rich people that way, but we know that we grew up in a fairly spectacular place. And when we're together, people actually talk about it. You know, there's something going on with your children that's that's different. What is that? That. that that's how you become the grateful dad. It's just people continue to say nice things behind their back. And that <laughs> that little boy I told you about that it was the nine-year-old that watched over everybody. He's now 33 years old, and he still mentors at the middle school twice a week because mm-hmm. he knows these kids don't have anybody to count on. And that's uh, he he watches over people more than I do. He is just an incredible human, my Jared. And the only legacy for me that really mattered was that they understand that self-actualization comes from the ability to be comfortable enough in your own skin that you can give yourself away and watch over others because that's how you fill up your own cup is to be giving yourself away. And I don't have a single regret about that. They're, they make me look good. Uh, still at these crazy ages. Uh, and I had a little girl in between 33 and Jonathan's 39 that lived 13 days. So I cried a bunch of my tears early in life and my sweet adopted Brogan and my two granddaughters. Uh, I'm trying not to spoil them, but it's not going so well with my love because they're just, it's spectacular. My little Megan was only here for 13 days and, uh, maybe it made me appreciate every day as a gift, maybe a little bit more when that happened. I, that's a hard one. Well, so I mean, you have this this love in your family, and and I know one thing you talk about in your book is how to show a child that you have unconditional love. So if somebody like you were brought up this way, so this is natural for you, but if somebody's going, okay, I want that, and and you know, I've already got kids. How do uh, what do they do? Well, I, I, I talk about it. I say that the power is in your hands. Now, I, I know this is simplistic, but it makes impressions on people. Uh, they call me after I speak and tell them to try this because I don't think, I don't think our kids are asking for us to be perfect. Uh, they just want you, want to know that you care. And the only two things that kill our kids are fear and doubt. So my mother, sweet Grace Tracer, she would take my little face in her hands and look me in the eye and say, Johnny, did did you know that there's nothing I wouldn't do for you? Absolutely nothing I wouldn't do for you? And usually if you do that with a younger child, I tell people to try that and they come back with amazing stories of that it was a deeper... It was a deeper meaning for them. Their child was maybe younger or whatever. And the kid will go, you know, oh, oh yeah, sure, I know you wouldn't do anything. That's great. Uh, no, you need to stop and understand this. There's nothing I wouldn't do for you. And you can screw up a lot of parenting, but if you did that just once every six months or even a year to just give, give a clear indication that that is how much you love them, that's taking away a big chunk of doubt and fear. And and I know that sounds simplistic, but on the unconditional side of things, what you really have to be is consistent and, and not treat the children differently. If you, if you want to take those bricks and make a wall, say something like, why can't you be more like your sister? Because 
that is something that will cripple a child because they're not like your sister. That's one of the worst things you can say to a child is, why can't you be more like anything? Because they aren't. You you just have to honor and support the passions and the likes of each of your children and just pay attention enough to know what those are shows that you care. And, and, and do something special with them because that is what they like. That's that's how you do it. Well, and, you know, I get from your book, and, and you've already said this on the show, that, um, you know, having the big house and the money isn't the important part. It's it's spending time with the kids. And you talk about the drop-off parents who drop their kids off at softball and, and leave them there instead of watching the game. Um, so so what I'm understanding is that it's more just being involved in, in their life and, and, and being part of it. Well, it, that's back to that cumulative thing. If if you if you do that from day one, they think it's normal. If somebody all of a sudden starts doing it when the child, uh, my sweet wife Colleen, her father came to one ski race. She was a super skier, went to college on a ski scholarship. He went one time when he found out he had cancer, and when at the at the at the funeral, a number of people came up and just said. You, your dad talks so highly of you, and she never heard word one of that from the father. That the mm-hmm. the you know I uh, showing showing that you're gentle and kind uh, to a lot of men. Uh, maybe it's the caveman thing, is what I call it, where you're not supposed to be that way. The most virile a man can be, I've been told by women, is when you're gentle. My dad was kind and gentle to everyone, um, and he taught us very early on that the, the measure of a human was how you treated the people you didn't have to be nice to. You know, boy, he, he'd walk into the bank, I'd go out and run errands with him and grandma on Saturday mornings, and you would have thought my father was the richest, most powerful person to have an account at that bank it was just that he smiled and he talked to the people behind the counter like they mattered a thousand years later the people at citibank in st charles illinois said you have no idea how much we love it when your boys come in here because they talk to us like we matter and stuff it's and, and to pass on that simple legacy like that is really all I was ever asking of myself. If I could just, if I could pass on the goodness and the, if you called any one of my three boys right now, Dr. Risk, and said, what was your family motto? They would each tell you, no little kindness is ever wasted. Mm. I don't know if anybody else has family <laughs> mottos, but if you called my family, they would say that it was so demonstrative. It, you're supposed to do it by example, of course, but at our house, they didn't leave it to example only. They made sure that they under, that we understood that no little kindness is ever wasted was a way to, for you to act as a human for the rest of your life. And we, they're still trying to do that. I, I, I'm just thrilled with the output of my son's emotions. Their, their hearts are giant, and I'm beyond grateful for the way that they've accepted my love and passed it on. Well, um, that I think is a good motto for everybody, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. So um, just remember, everybody, no little kindness is ever wasted, and we will be back shortly.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. As we move into our 40s and 50s, the elements of age catch up with us just a bit. Many of us have had children, which brings some of their own aging elements. Health issues come and go, but they always seem to come more frequently. Our bodies start responding a little differently than they have in the past. Listen for the High Energy Hour with Donna Guinois. We'll help you understand the changes and how to keep your health in top shape as you age gracefully. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with John Trazer, and we're discussing his book, The Aces Revolution. So, so John, I know one of the most important things, of course, is, is with the, you know, the ACEs standing for adverse childhood experiences. How do we prevent this from happening, especially if we know, like, say, my test had actually been a seven? How could I go about starting a family and not pass on some of that trauma to my children? Well, 
I read, I write, and a lot of people are a part of this community. You can go to Aces Connection or Aces Too High. A bunch of people write stories. They share trauma-informed care ideas, a bunch of stuff like that. Again, that's Aces Connection and Aces Too High. And I read a couple years ago something that absolutely stunned me with its importance and simplicity. There was two doctors in a practice in... Portland, Oregon, a 37-member, the biggest in town, 37-member pediatric practice. They heard about ACEs, and like many people, it changes your whole perspective of the world because you think, hmm, I wonder what's going on with that person, not what's wrong with them, as I said earlier. So that you really can't have a cogent conversation with a six-year-old as to, hmm, why are you back here for the third time in a year with the same thing? I wish I could understand better. But they understood the concept of ACEs enough that the, the light bulb went off in their head, and they decided to get a couple of iPads with the ACE survey on it. So... As sad and traumatic as it is that it's a scorecard for sadness, I went, now, wait a minute, these people are on to something. So you got the ACE test, you got the parents sitting there, and they're not having their child yet. Any pre- and postnatal visit, this is what they do. They sit them down separately with an iPad each, and they ask them to take the ACE survey. And, again, the numbers that come up constantly surprised them originally. They just said, is this possible? But what you're finding out is that the husband's a six, the wife's a four, and when you see the things that they've checked off on the survey that are going wrong, all of a sudden the reality show of what's going on in their life shows up. And the wife says, yeah, I didn't know what we're going to do. Steve's starting to drink again. And, and instead of reacting like, oh, my God, you know, this is terrible – you calmly say, you know what, this is proving to be more common than we ever thought. We've got some wonderful, wonderful resources here at the hospital, and there are programs that will give you insight and feelings and emotions as to maybe some of the things that went wrong for you, you could fix before your child shows up. And most of the parents, instead of thinking, oh, this is an invasion of privacy, say, you know, this is the first time in a while somebody asked how I'm doing. And, boy, we'd appreciate that. If we could just prevent more children from having the traumatic things happen to them, it's a win-win for all of us because the crazy fact is that when, and the subtitle of my book is The Impact on ACEs for All of Us, is when a child falls into child and family services or any kind of network that supports the dollar cost of an annual an annual total, according to these doctors, was about $164 billion a year just in the United States. The average child's health care because of childhood trauma is like $260,000. Now, if you're, if you're honest about this, when those things happen, that's, that's social welfare. We, we, the public, pay for that. And we're glad to help our brothers, but I was hoping, I hate to say I'm become cynical, but if we could point to the money and say, we should do this, first of all, because it's their hearts and their minds, but look at this money we're spending. Wouldn't it be great to do preventive, and let's put the care in health care 
before they need all of those things. That's probably my strongest mission today. I'm trying to get in front of the legislature because we control so many hospitals in a group sense from Nashville to say, couldn't we make this mandatory? What's more important than saving a a child's heart before we damage it? I can't think of anything. I definitely, I agree with that. And I I think, you know, what people probably feel is that, um, you know, no one ever talks about the feelings, like you said. Um, You know, it's really like, okay, your blood works fine, off you go. Um, And, uh, you know, this this doesn't get get, uh, brought up um, unless you're paying for a visit with somebody. So it's not usually covered, not Canada anyway. Um, And it's very difficult to, um, to talk about because there's so much shame around all of those things and you don't realize how common it is or how it's not your fault and so people carry that with them so what you're doing it seems to me is you're starting that dialogue so that people understand this is um, common not normal but common and you're not alone and you can change it well, it's it's wonderful that you pointed to that. The segue to that is because I talked to so many schools, I created a website called noaces.club. My sweet Brogan, my adopted granddaughter, helped me come up with that name because if, if our goal is anything but no aces, we're going to fall short of what what we really need on the planet. So for that reason, I created a website to give them the hope that life could be brighter and it encourages them to write the story, write the story about what's going on in their life. I don't care what age, as long as there is a cognitive age and considered a computer or a phone these days and write down their story. Part of the, and I tell them, I'd say just write it and hide it. I've written a song called It Only Takes One, and a lot of people talk about that one person that saved their heart. If you can, but if you could write it and not have the trauma of having to start at the beginning and tell the story with the tears streaming down your face, if you can write the story and hide it somewhere for that one person whose antenna are enough up to care, and you just quietly hand it to them and let them read it, a good portion of the emotional trauma of living in the shadow of shame kind of goes away because you've already you've already done that hard part so i try and encourage people to do that just because they're they're going to run into one person at some point but if you don't if you're frightened to begin it it'll never happen Mm-hmm. So I, it's called noaces.club, and Brogan wanted to set up a table on the quad at the University of Illinois to reach out to kids that haven't had anybody to listen to them. Well, that's, you know, that, that's what a sweetheart that, she is. Yeah, and especially with her experiences, um, having both experiences. Yeah, seven, yeah. and then and then being in your family where she knows what it should be like, and and is experiencing that, and I'm sure she wants to offer that to other people. And if I could point out one other thing that, not to frighten people, but I I need people to understand how serious this is, that ACEs basically says these are the traumatic effects emotionally. But, for example, if you have four or more ACEs, you are twice as likely to have heart disease. If you have four or more ACEs, you're 12 times more likely to attempt suicide Seven times more likely to be an alcoholic, and if you have forty, uh, if you have 
four or more aces, you stand at 40% chance of living 20 years less if you don't confront them and beat them. That's, mm-hmm. those are, those are across the board demographic truths. And if somebody wants to see more in detail, go to my website at johntraser.com and click on, uh, the ACE study. And the state of Tennessee allowed me to put, uh, all nine pages of their study so you can see more of the detail behind all of that. But for me, it's about prevention. It's, it's just sad to think that kids aren't loved fully today. I, I'm trying to pay it forward every day. God bless my folks. <laughs> yeah, well, and you're you're definitely lucky there. And you know, um, I I think it it's also not just for for kids. I want to take this just a step further. And you know, a lot of what what you talk about is something we can do with anybody in our lives to help even repair some of that that some of the aces that happen to say your partner or your friend. Um, you know, sure. like you said, no little kindness is ever wasted, and um, we can make anybody feel loved if they're part of our like we should anyway like you said everybody's like family to you and I, I think that repair can can happen if we use that as our motto you know it'd be a better world I you know it it just if everybody lived at my mom and dad's house things would be a little bit easier it's funny how the the editor for this book Dr. Risk was originally my youngest son Austin's English professor at Montana State University, she stopped him one day out in the hall and said, I don't usually say things like this, but you're different. You know, you, <laughs> you seem to be paying attention and you, you seem to answer from a depth that's surprising for a freshman in college. Uh, where does that come from? And he just laughed and he goes, yeah, you need to know my dad. He, uh, <laughs> matter of fact, he just, he's written another book about this. She said, do you think he would let me look at it? So, I get back about two weeks later uh, a hard copy of it with red this and that, and at the very top of it, it said, I need you to understand that I didn't grow up like this, and I cried seven times reading your book because I didn't know people talk like this. Could I get 10 more copies to pass for uh, through my family? I discovered mm-hmm. that... In my earlier years, I admired wealth and cleverness, and these days it's almost exclusively kindness. And that the psychic compensation that comes from someone calling me and saying, I need 20 more copies of your book from American Samoa, a guy called. I had to Google where American Samoa was because I gave a book to his son here in Nashville. He got another book off of Amazon, and they were reading it on the phone to each other between Nashville and American Samoa. Thank God for unlimited minutes. And he (laughs) said, it's the first time I've ever had a relationship with my son. I didn't know people talked about this the way you do, and people at work say I'm turning into a different person, and I... I'm not giving up my book, so I I need 20 more copies. That I'm walking my two yellow labs with my wife, and I'm now sobbing, and I have to hand her the phone so she can talk for me. That's what I discovered, is that if you can change someone's life in a positive way by just being good to them for no good reason, no consequence of your giving, it, it it's way more important than the financial end of life. It'll fill up your heart, and that's how you live with no regrets, I think. Well, I, I, I agree with you on, on that. And I think that, 
um, we've forgotten that, and and this is a, a lot of where where things come come into play where we're, we're being greedy and working too much so we're not there for our, for our kids or for each other or even ourselves and um and you know that's seeping into everything everywhere and it, and we need to change where we're making our decisions from overall from our they should come well, from it, our heart it, it's all centered on respect that you know i keep i keep trying to gently explain that we're not doing enough at the schools to teach a little bit of this. I was trying to come up with someone that would want to do five-minute vignettes of what uh, kindness looked like or examples of this in the lunchroom when somebody forgets a sandwich or whatever. The kids, their antennas aren't up to learn because they're frightened about something that's going on in their lives. And and the same thing at work. You know, health care costs would go down. Uh, for an example, one simple, one simple fact could save billions of dollars. For people that take the ACE test and understand it, they have 35% less doctor's visits. I know that sounds like a crazy statistic, but they get a comfort feeling of, oh, this is why this is happening to me. I now understand that. Uh, and, and if you could take 35% less office visits, imagine what your health care could be for a large company. It, it would mm-hmm. be significant. It changes your perspective of the entire world when you understand the pragmatic simplicity of what ACEs is really trying to gently say. I definitely agree. It changed my life. It, it, (laughs) it, It truly changed my life. Well, and thank you for for sharing your information. I think we could talk longer, but we only get an hour. Um, so, if if people want more information, how do they get a hold of you or your book? You can go to johntraser dot com. I I I even accept phone calls to if somebody wants me to speak or you need to talk because you don't have anybody you can count on. My phone number is on the website. My books are available at Amazon and. There's nothing better than I like than standing up in front of a school or 500 people and telling stories and giving them the hope that this can be different. You know, mm-hmm. if you confront them and you beat them, it's like carrying a 50-pound a weight around for 10 minutes. When I give someone a presentation, I have somebody take a 25-pound weight and have them start walking around the room. And after 10 minutes, they're kind of going, yeah, this is getting old. And I go, now imagine that those are aces. And that if mm-hmm. you don't get them off of you, it's going to be a weight around your neck for the rest of your life. That's I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm seriously hoping that if I touch one life today that you confront these things, it'll be best for you, the rest of your family, and your children. And there's nothing more important as a legacy. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was my pleasure, Dr. S. Thanks for asking me. Angels watch over <laughs> all of you. Definitely. Well, and I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, If you do want to hear my story, don't forget to um, watch my video at dr-risk.com. And um, you can always follow me on um, your favorite social media platform. Thank you so much for joining us and be sure to make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week.